This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. Good morning, Mosaic Church. Happy Palm Sunday. Can you believe it's here? Uh, I know it's kind of weird that you're not at church I'm sad that I don't get to see your faces, but I'm happy that you get to see my face and see all my blemishes. Anyway, so I'm just so glad to be here with you. And um, we do have a few people in the audience. Enrique, uh, he's my faithful uh, friend, and uh, he's going to encourage me while I preach to you uh, this Palm Sunday morning. And I just, again, want to say we love you. Robin and I pray for you, and I pray that uh, you pray for us. This is um, trying times in our country, world, and city, and all our homes. Thank you. Uh, love you, and let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, and I ask that you would just help us this morning to be good listeners, that we would have ears to hear, and Lord, help us to put this in action, what you are putting in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's Palm Sunday, and I'd like for us to turn to Mark chapter 11. I'm reading out of the NIV, and verse 1, it's a very famous verses. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden, untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway and, and they untied it. Some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, He sat on it. Many people sat their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches and had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. This is Holy Week, and we're super excited because this is where everything just comes to collide, if you will. We have the beginning of Holy Week with Palm Sunday, and then the end of Holy Week, we end up with uh, Easter Sunday. And so it's an important week for Christians all across the country, all across this globe. And even though we're all basically shut in our homes, all of us are celebrating this incredible time of our Christian calendar. So today is Palm Sunday. And I wonder how many of us really know the details of this day, of what we just read. So questions I have, and maybe you have at the same time, why did Jesus ride into Jerusalem on a donkey? Now, of all animals, I I can imagine a whole bunch of other animals that I would ride on prior to riding on a donkey. So, you know, ride on a horse, uh, ride on a a, a camel, uh, an elephant, uh, but riding on a donkey seems a little uh, different and strange or not very powerful in my mind. So that's a question I asked. Uh, Why did people wave palm branches? 
That's a good question. Why did they cry out, Hosanna? And uh, why did they uh, cry out and wave those branches? What does this all mean? So I will tell you that the truth rode in into Jerusalem on that donkey. The truth, Jesus. And the crowds cheered him on. But I don't know if they necessarily understood everything, what was going on. And I think something was bubbling up uh, below the surface. But on the surface, they were cheering him on. So it's this beautiful Sunday morning in Bethany, and people are waking up and eating breakfast, I imagine, or getting work ready for work and going out to the fields. Mom's getting their kids ready for the day, uh, and Jesus wakes up on this day. And one of the things I noticed about this particular day is that he was on a mission. He knew what was going to happen that day, and he was focused on what was going to happen that day. Everybody else maybe had a clue what was going to happen, but they didn't really, weren't really clued in. There are two things I want us just to pause for a moment to look into. One thing is that this story is repeated in all four Gospels. So when it's repeated in all four Gospels, that means, hey, this is very important. And I would encourage you and challenge you uh, to go home, and uh, you're already at home, I guess, and to uh, open your Bibles and read every type, uh, every book uh, of the gospel and read the story. The other thing is that Jesus, as I said, is in control. It's, it's, it's not out of control. Usually when Jesus goes into a town, somebody might approach him or something's going on to distract him, but Jesus is in control this whole time. And so uh, that's really important to recognize on this, on this story and to recognize that A, uh, it's very important, all four Gospels write about it, and B, that Jesus is in control. There's an ancient prophecy that was written long before this moment and found in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. And it says this, Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And this was written about 575 years prior to Jesus. And so this is what was going on. God, Jesus was fulfilling the Old Testament prophecy. But one thing that we recognize, maybe just tune into that little scripture, is that A, he comes as a gentle king riding on a donkey. The second thing is he comes as a righteous king bringing salvation to his people. Now, I, and in my mind, and I imagine many of your minds, nothing seems more unlikely than a king coming into a city riding on a donkey. And so I can't imagine if it wasn't written in the Old Testament, I don't think anybody would have written this script for a king to walk into a city or come into a city. So if the scripture didn't predict it, I don't think we would write it in the story. So that makes sense to me in a sense, like why the Roman soldiers or the Romans didn't make a big deal about it. You know, maybe they heard the chatter that this king was coming in and maybe they take a peek and they see this guy coming in on a donkey. Uh, I think my first reaction would be, well, this is not serious or it's not threatening, um, but a king on a donkey. So I kept thinking about that and I imagine you've thought about it, like what self-respecting king would come in on this animal? And uh, if you want to really make an impact, wouldn't you uh, find some chariots, uh, get me some soldiers, you know, armed, and you're going to make your grand entry, uh, but not Jesus. Uh, he comes in on a donkey. 
I, I can imagine the Romans were laughing at this situation, find it very comical. There, here's this poor king. He's riding on a borrowed donkey. It's not even his own donkey. It's borrowed. Uh, it's makeshift um, ragtag saddle, if you will, just a bunch of uh, cloths and, and, and coats. And then uh, his followers were not waving weapons of swords and spears, but uh, palm branches. So I imagine if you were a Roman soldier and you were looking down at this parade, you're thinking, this is, this is funny. This is a joke. But this is where it gets really serious. And I want you to just maybe tune into my eyes for a moment. I want us to be serious uh, at this moment because it is serious. And this is exactly what the point I believe Jesus is trying to make. He is a king, but he's not like any other earthly king that's come before him or after him. See, in our minds, we think what a king coming in and making his, his claim should look like how he should come in. But Jesus isn't like that. And I think this is the purpose and and plan of Jesus all along, that he is not what we're thinking and imagining. He's not that kind of king. I, I like to say that it's like a parable being acted out. He's saying to his people, hey, this is who I am. I am your king, but I'm not the king that you were expecting. Now, Talking about unexpected, Jesus began, began this three-mile journey from this little town of Bethany. And, it was, and when I say town, I'm probably being generous. Probably just a little village of a few homes. And uh, that's where the, it all started. People are just waving these, these palm fronds, these palm branches. Now, these palm branches do have some significance. And so we know that uh, throughout history, the Jews would use the palm branches uh, t- to celebrate as part of the Feast of the Tabernacles. And even 200 years before Jesus, uh, there was this, what we call the Maccabean Revolt, and they uh, took over Jerusalem for a brief moment. They, they beat back the Syrians, and they would wave palm branches to celebrate. So putting this all together, when the, the Jewish people are waving palm branches, it is symbolic, it's pretty powerful, and it represented joy and celebration. So they're celebrating and they're excited. And it also represents, I believe, a symbol of uh, liberation, that we're gonna be free. Of course, you had to be Jewish to understand that. So I imagine the Roman soldiers, all they saw was palm branches. They didn't truly recognize the significance of these palm branches. So here we are on, on Palm Sunday, five days before the Passover. Now, the Passover is going to be serious. That's the day that Jesus uh, dies. But here we are. Now, because the Passover is five days away, uh, there's a historian says that Jerusalem probably had three million people gathered around. Now, when you have three million people gather in a very tight space, I imagine the word spread quickly about Jesus so just a few days prior, he, he, he had this incredible, uh, incredible miracle of Lazarus coming back to life. He was dead and, and Jesus brought him back to life. And I imagine the story was, was spreading like, um, it's a good work. Uh, I'm going to try to be funny here. Hopefully it's funny. I was going to say like a pandemic, but uh, maybe let's call it wildfire. So uh, the word was getting around and people were talking. 
And uh, people were gathering and they wanted to meet this Jesus. If you have your Bible, you can look later on in John chapter eleven fifty three. what was really going on. So there was a lot of anxiety. There was a lot of excitement. There was all sort of uh, animosity that was boiling under the surface. Anyway, so here we go. I always like to ask, who are the stakeholders in the story? Every time uh, we have a big meeting with staff or we're going to make a big decision, we always ask, who are the stakeholders? Who are the people that need to know or should know? And so as we're reading this story, I'm thinking there's some people that are in the story that are very interested in what's going on. So we have the Pharisees who, who kind of work with the Romans. Uh, we have the zealots, who these are religious zealots, and they don't like the Romans, and they're, they're part of this whole crowd going on here. The Sadducees, they're the ones that ran the temple and collected taxes, and, and they definitely cooperated with the Romans. And then finally, you have the Romans themselves, and at that time, they had two really key leaders, Pontius Pilate and Herod Antipas. And we'll talk about that later on. So now we, the stage is set for two big uh, groups or two scenes ready to uh, have a conflict. So I want you to just imagine two scenes going on at the same time. So first scene, Jesus leaves Bethany. He's coming up. Uh, this, this road and he comes up to a hill and he's able to see Jerusalem and he's able to see what was going on and people were gathering together and there was lots of joy and celebration on the second scene or the second part of what was going on at the same time the chief priests were gathered together the scribes and they began to talk about what is going on what is this who is this Jesus why is he gathering such a large crowd i believe they were pretty shocked and maybe a little dismayed so uh, there's this excitement going on and on one side, and then there's this mounting opposition where the leaders are deciding the fate of Jesus. So here we are, we're in the middle of this parade. There's this, what I would call holy hurrahs. Hosanna is being yelled at and, and people are saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, and blessed he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so we know that in Hebrew, that means save us now. And so they're, they're clamoring and they say, save us now. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And, and if you're a good Jewish person, you know that's referencing Psalms 118. And when you read Psalms 118, you know it's referencing the Messiah. So this is what people are saying, that Jesus is the Messiah. This is super important. And uh, I want to challenge us. Is, do we believe that Jesus is the Messiah? So... All these years of centuries of people, the nation of Israel were waiting for the Messiah and the time has come. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The time for silence is over. And uh, one thing I noticed I love about Jesus is that he doesn't, um, he doesn't keep people from worshiping him. The moment has come. In prior times, he says, you know, keep quiet, don't say anything. But now people are shouting and he's not stopping them. Matter of fact, they try to tell him to stop his people and they said, no, I'm not gonna stop them. Because if I stop them, then the stones will cry out. And we're gonna, we sang a song uh, earlier during worship time talking about that very verse. So a lot was going on. And, and um, there's two little scenes going on that are about to bubble up and really there's a lot of conflict. 
And so here's a kind of a strange, or I think a very unique and cool thing that Jesus does. Is as, as he comes on up top of the hill and he sees the city of Jerusalem, he begins to cry. And he weeps over Jerusalem. Now, I don't have time. We don't have time. We're limited on on how much we can uh, discuss here in our morning service. But it's pretty powerful. Jesus looks over Jerusalem and begins to weep. And I can imagine this little boy probably says to his mom, why is Jesus crying all of a sudden? And I imagine the mom wouldn't know. But Jesus knew what was going to happen. But he also knew what was going to happen to Jerusalem. That they were going to deny that Jesus really is the Messiah. And even a few years down the road, in 70 AD, the city of Jerusalem would fall and the temple would be destroyed. Look what it says here in Luke chapter 19. If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground and you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone upon another because you did not recognize that the time of God's coming to you. And that's important. And we all need to listen to this because we don't want to be in that crowd where we don't recognize the time that God came to us. So let me challenge you, Mosaic Church, and those who are listening as friends, uh, will you recognize the time that God came to you? Now, this is what was going on. Jesus had come, and, but I believe Jesus knew the crowd was going to be fickle. You know, one moment they're for him, and you're gonna, in a few days they're going to be against him. He knew the leaders were plotting against him. He knew that uh, soon the cheers of Hosanna will turn to jeers in a few days. He knew that on Sunday, it was going to be elation and excitement, but he knew that Friday was coming. And he knew, and I don't know if you can focus right into the cross, the cross was right in front of him. In a few days, he was going to face that cross. He knew all these things, but Jesus still chose to go forward. He chose to go forward. Why? For you and for me and for his people. He knew that we needed him and we were lost and Jesus wanted to bring salvation and liberation. So on this Palm Sunday, the nation had a choice to make. The rulers had a choice to make. The Romans will have to make a choice. Every man will have to make a choice that day. And every man in Jerusalem did make a choice. For better or for worse, I like to use the word, the die was cast. It was made. The mold was made. It was, it was casted. And Jesus calls the whole nation into a decision time. Now, I think of that moment, uh, you know, we're here in Tallahassee. And on usually the first week of February, it's, it's, it's signing day for all the recruits. And, and I've seen scenes on ESPN where this, this blue chipper, five-star blue chipper sits in front of a table, behind a table, and he's got five different hats, you know, a hat from all different universities. And he has to make a decision right then and there who he's going to follow, who's, which school is he going to play for. And it's, it's usually a lot of fun to watch. It's, there's a lot of excitement. And then he has to make that choice. And he'll grab that hat 
And if he's really smart and he's a blue chipper, then he'll put on that Florida State Seminole hat on. But a choice had to be made right then and there. And Jesus is telling the Jerusalem people, and he's telling us, a choice has to be made. It is decision time. It's signing time. And so this Palm Sunday, the question for both of us is, all of us is, who are we going to choose? It's decide. It's time to decide. I think there is a group of people, the religious people, that they're not sure what to do. And I think I can think of three words of them to describe them. One is fright, uh, frustration, and anger. Fright because they don't know what Jesus is up to. Frustration because people are cheering Jesus and, and, and maybe not them. And anger because this group and Jesus is going against their interest. And maybe that's what we go through. If you're not a follower of Jesus, maybe you go through those very same emotions where it's fright because you, know, you don't know what Jesus is going to ask of you or frustration because uh, you, you want to do one thing and, and maybe following Jesus means you have to do another thing. And maybe it turns into anger, but it's decision time. So if you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, or whichever online, I want to ask you a question. Who will you choose? It's decision time. Jesus challenged his people. It was decision time that Sunday and that week. Holy week is decision time. So the time has come to make a decision. Now, uh, we can ask for more evidence. Uh, one of the things I like, by, uh, my, one of my favorite uh, people to read is Soren Kierkegaard and gives us these words. Jesus Christ is the object of faith. One either believes in him or is offended by him. He's saying you, are, you either believe in him or you're going to be offended by him. Now, I would say that it's a challenge for all of us. And I'm going to pray that God will help you be courageous, to be courageous. It's not good enough to know about Jesus. You need to know him. You need to bring him into your life and accept him into your heart. So what can we learn? I'm going to wrap it up here. We've got a few minutes. What is Palm Sunday really all about? Well, we know that after Palm Sunday, only Golgotha is next, Good Friday, or yeah, Good Friday. And um, it's time for us to make a decision. One thing I know, and I want to challenge you with this, is that spiritual opportunities don't last forever. When it comes to Jesus, you can't sit on the fence. You can't sit on the fence forever. There's a time where you and I have to make a decision. What are we going to do about Jesus? Are we going to bow our knee and pledge our allegiance to him or are we not? And so when Jesus came riding on a donkey on Palm Sunday, it was decision time. It was decision time. Good Friday is decision time. Easter Sunday is decision time. So to say I'm not sure is actually making a decision. So, What's your decision today? Let me ask you, will you sit on the fence? And I'm going to say that you can't sit there forever. God will always challenge your heart. He's going to say, make a decision, follow me. I think today is really about courage. It's about courage, not gaining more information because we have all the information at our fingertips. You can go online right now and, and research everything about Jesus.
but we have to make a decision sooner or later. And Jesus wants us because he loves us to have that relationship with him right now, to love him and to serve him. Will you do that? It takes courage. I would say what really lacks is the, is courage and lack of faith. So I'm asking right now that you would help, that the Holy Spirit would help you to be courageous with faith. That's the issue. Will you be courageous? Will you be courageous with faith? So I write this. The invitation is not to believe, but to be brave. Will you be brave with faith this morning on this wonderful Palm Sunday? I can't think of a better time than today. So I'm going to ask you to just close your eyes and bow your heads and we're going to pray together. But what are you going to do? Jesus is coming to Tallahassee. He's coming to your home. Will you shout out Hosanna, Hosanna with others who believe that Jesus is the Messiah? Or will you be like what we hear on Good Friday, crucify him? So again, Palm Sunday, Lord, I pray is a day of people who will be brave and courageous with faith. Lord, I pray that many will be brave and say, yes, I will follow you. So I pray right now that you would help people to be brave through the Holy Spirit, brave to listen to the Holy Spirit, and brave to say yes, yes. Amen. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurch.com. Tlh.com.